welcome to Film Buffing Up. It's not just me this week. Mike is still here. He just, uh... I don't want to do it. I don't want to... He evered multiple times. Mike.exe has failed. So, um... We may or may not be filthy, casual... We might be clean. ...film goers. We're definitely quarantine casuals. That's the phrase that he uses very often. Filthy cash... Um, I don't like being called filthy. Okay. But we are casual Very clean goers. casuals. I am I am very casual. Well washed casual film goers. I am very casual. Usually when it comes time for Academy Awards, I have seen maybe two films right. that they have nominated for anything. <laughs> so that's that's most of what these are, are old Academy Award winners. Oh, uh, sure. So, some of them. But yeah, we are going through American Films Institute's 100 films for 100 years, and we are deep in the 80s now. Deep in deep the 80s. Deep in the 80s. This is 87, I do believe. 87. Today's episode for us is a film we've both seen, and both are generally positive about. I remember liking it when I saw it. Again, another one that I feel like I haven't seen since high school. Yeah, high school. Um, Maybe college. Maybe. Maybe, but probably high school. I Um, think high school. (laughs) I have a distinct memory of being shown this during a social studies class. You have to see it. Because um, it is about your civic duty. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, 12 Angry Men about a jury getting hung because one person just refuses to not stop asking questions. Well, no, it's not that he refuses to stop asking questions. It's that he just wants to go through the scenario because he doesn't believe that he doesn't have doubt about whether or not the kid did this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're told beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so it's uh, just another movie of a bunch of people talking. Yeah, so I... <sighs> It's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I can't, it? Do you remember? That's what I said. I cannot remember. In my head, it's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart seems right. But it he's might also was in, be uh, Gregory Peck. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jimmy Stewart was in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, another famous filibuster movie, in yeah. a way. Well, this one's not technically filibustering. It's not filibustering. But there, there's it's definitely a one man versus the system yeah. kind of theme. Um, yeah. So I wrote, I wrote in here uh, one... In my memory, it's almost exclusively in the jury deliberation yeah, room. Yeah, I, I think so. I feel like there may be a like dramatization at one point because I do believe they cast someone as the kid. I don't even remember? I, well, we'll have to find out. And then my other thing is, it's one of those like pop culture references of textbook examples that like. I'm going to say it never happens in real life. I'm sure it happens in mm-hmm. real life. But the whole, like, they're in the jury room and everyone else is just like, yeah, let's just vote guilty and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And one person is holding out being like, no, yeah. wait, I can't say that until I know for sure that that is what I believe. Let's go through it again. Mm-hmm. And the like, the other people on the jury are like, I got somewhere to be. I feel like... The somewhere to be is one person or two people wanted to go see a baseball game because it's know. in well, the middle of summer. We should probably watch it before we try to guess about what we remember of a movie to be saw once 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Probably more than 15 years ago. So let's go ahead and let's dive into it. We'll catch you guys on the flip and tell you how we feel about 12 and Remember. Yep, yep. I thought it all out. It just wouldn't work. And we're back. That was my part. We stole it. We were supposed to freaky Friday this shit. And we're back. I like my back. Whatever. Hi guys. Hi. I object. That's not how that works. Oh. I'm I'm a hung jury. <laughs> it's a new porn. 
Not even going to address that. <laughs> All right, so we just got done watching 12 Angry Men, um, in which 12 men who are angry, angry. Um, <laughs> they, not much to say about that. They were angry, and they were men. There were 12 of them. So, qu- question, because mm-hmm. we covered that this was a teleplay. Yeah. I feel like they probably said something about when it's supposed to be based, but is it based in a time before women were allowed to be on juries? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not 100% certain, but I think even when this was filmed, women weren't on juries. Which was, like, late 50s. Like, I feel like... We will do a quick Google search, but... Well, apparently not, actually. Apparently, it's just the 1930s. Um, so I don't know whether this was set earlier than that or not, but it feels very contemporary for that period of the 50s, mm-hmm. clothing style. So women could. Like, I'm I'm just saying, it, it feels like it's not a jury of peers if there's not at least one woman on it, like, you know, statistically and whatnot. Well, none of them are Hispanic either. No, one of them was. Oh, no, he was Italian. I don't know. Or Indian. It's hard to tell race in black yeah. and white. Well, so the fairly older man who was saying a thing about how much he loved the American yeah. judiciary system is definitely an immigrant from somewhere. Yeah, I can't tell what. I thought he was like Italian or Greek or something. And the younger Maybe man, Turkish, you know? and the younger man who was talking yeah. about living by a junkyard was also yeah. of a race. Yeah. So the plot is very simple. Oh, wait. Before we get to that, this is really important. Uh-huh. It is neither Jimmy Stewart nor Gregory yeah. Peck. <laughs> it's Henry Fonda. It's Henry Fonda. <laughs> very important. Now, I have to say, because they don't know yet, um, but Jen has gone uh, full autistic and has set up an entire spreadsheet of actors' locations in no, names. you said I. You said not to put the locations, but also this one's another for New York. Oh, you can put the locations. <laughs> on. So we're going to also have a full listing of leading actors and the amount of times they show up because um, she's just going total data nerd over there. Just so you know, I don't remember which movies they're in, but uh-huh. I do believe that two of the other jurors are in other AFI oh, top Oh God! So we'll be we'll we'll follow up on that. But um, let's go ahead and let's talk about the summary real okay. quick. So very basic story but the complexities really come from the interactions as the as the it is a court drama that is expertly delivered um with twists and turns and valleys of of surprises all within uh essentially one room Yes, so all but three minutes of the movie are shot in that room. And, and those three minutes are a couple of seconds outside the courthouse. At the very end. And the judge's... Introduction. Uh, e- edict instructions. Yeah. The judge's instructions where he says, you're going to go into that room. Yep. And you're going to decide. And, like, that's just, that's the thing a judge does. Yep. Um, and a piece of IMCB trivia. Uh, Sotomayor, mm-hmm. who became a Supreme Court judge. Yeah. When she was a judge on lower court cases as part of her jury instructions, when she did the instructions, yeah. would say, don't do things like in the movie 12 Angry Men. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. Well, because Don't think too hard. Don't think too hard. No, because uh, what they do, what he does is technically illegal. Mm-hmm. That he went out and walked through the neighborhood yes. for the scene of the crime. Yes, you're not supposed and to. Leave. Well, this is also why they. Um, this is why they now isolate jurors right. between so, days of the case. So, so okay, let, let's. I'm, I really want to just get through the summary real quick, and then we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, the but movie. it's important that I stop you because whenever I go through the summary, you stop me every couple minutes, and I have to restart, and I sound like a child. <laughs> That's fine. I have the control of the edit, so I will be able to edit you out. You won't. Oh, I will. No, no, no. You'll edit what I've set out, and then you're just going to sound even more crazy when you have to go, okay, so starting again. <laughs> All right. So I would like to talk about this movie. I want to get through the summary real quick. So very simple story about a Hispanic boy in- Is he Hispanic? Yes, he he's Hispanic. I looked it up. He's definitively Hispanic. I don't- Oh, you mean the actor? Is no, I mean that the character is. No, the character to, is of no is, is no very, nationality, just not. It waspy. is very Hispanic. Is very Hispanic. 
the entire point of the Switchblade is that during the 50s, roaming gangs of Hispanic kids were running around with Switchblade knives. He's not supposed to be Indian or anything else. He's specifically a Hispanic kid in the the hoods of New York. So, and the actor is Hispanic. So it was a Hispanic child, 18, who got into a fight with his father, who's abusive, and the court alleges he stabbed him with a switchblade that he had purchased that was one of a kind um, and had then fled the scene before being arrested and then questioned in the house. Fled the scene and then came back back. and was arrested. So The ethnic background of the teenage mm -hmm. suspect was deliberately left unstated. For the purposes of the film, the important facts were that he was not of Northern European ancestry and that prejudice, or lack of it, from some of the jurors would be a major part of the deliberation process. And the actor's Hispanic and the only, only ethnicity that used switchblades... In gangs, no. The only ethnicity that had gang gang related switch switchblade violence, which was an important part of this, was in fact Hispanic. Oh, sure, because they said he was a dab hand with a switchblade. Right, knife. like this. It, it is it, it the to say that it was left. You know, is it is it not stated? Sure, to say it's unknown is being deliberately obtuse. Okay, and I know that they're trying to say that. But it's very clearly what it is. Okay. Um, anyways. So, we have a kid who is basically claimed to being uh, a murderer. Patricide. Patricide. And... In the first. In the first. <laughs> yeah, that none's not in the third or fourth. And we have... A jury that is all but ready to convict him, except for one guy who decides that the evidence is not strong enough. And it's led mainly to, because of a a fact that he had decided to kind of do his own investigation, which you're not supposed to do. So he did his own investigation because Mm -hmm. when they were delivering the facts in court, it felt too neat. Right. Too properly packaged. Right. Like he like part of it was how much the defendant's attorney wasn't like cross examining, like wasn't really asking a lot right. of questions of them. Where it was like they were just delivering the information in like easy, nibbleable mm-hmm. little bits, and he was like, it just felt wrong how like c- easy and clear cut they were saying everything was right. And so I, the story is problem of like a public defender not doing his job right and not defending the kid properly because he even probably did. did Defender is like, yeah, whatever. Um, and a prosecution that's pretty much willing to cut the corners to stretch things to get the case done, right? Well, not necessarily, because all of the things that they said they had reasonable doubts of are not necessarily the... Not necessarily corruption or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But could be. Could be, yeah. The fact that the fact that a woman who normally wears glasses yeah. wasn't wearing glasses when she testified to something she saw when she was lying in bed and thus obviously not wearing her glasses. Right. Um like that that could have just been her right. deciding not sure. to wear them to look prettier. Sure. Um I mean, or it could be deliberate. Or it could be manipulation deliberately of him the being facts, like, right? hey, take those off. So <laughs> which is obviously a common problem within public prosecution is that you will manipulate the facts to get what you need done. Um, and you could take it either way in the story. But essentially, the case is poorly put together for this kid, but told in a way that you as the viewer, as the information is given to you by one opposing figure. Well, yeah, because all, all other 11 jurors like, are 100% in, like, dead it's set. Ob- it's yeah. obvious. Like, this is so, clear cut. We're going to get out of here in no time. So if it sounds like there's not a lot going on, that's because there really isn't. It's really the interaction so and the revelation. Going on. Right. It's, he it's, changes it's, everyone's minds slowly but surely. He touches them the, in non-sexual yeah. ways. The, the story basically follows a very similar format of them going through a piece of evidence, him coming up with like a revelatory moment that puts that evidence into doubt, and then winning at least one person over. 
right? And basically, it's like 11 segments of that over the course of the entire story. Like, so, for the most part. Except for, actually, maybe 10. One guy just... Because initially, one guy was... Because um, the basic format was, you know, there's one guy's like, no, something is, is amiss. Here's... The situation. I don't. I don't. I believe there's a, a there's a shred of doubt, and I can't convict. This is the the process. Everybody else is hammering him for this, and he stands steadfast in his convictions and won't get bullied into just accepting a guilty verdict. He reveals a major point in the story early on, which is that this kid had a quote unquote one of a kind switchblade knife with a specific blade and edge that was found essentially in the body after being stabbed in an improper way um and that the kid had bought it and the person who sold it said he bought sold it and is a one-of-a-kind thing and he reveals in a dramatic fashion which is awesome where one of the, the basically he has a, he has a foil what is it, defender number four or no, juror number four yeah uh, who, who's like this angry old school really bitter man with dad issues not daddy issues but i guess issues with like a failed parentage Mm. that seems to be the hang-up of his life right is that he was a bad dad yeah he keeps saying things about getting (laughs) treating the kids the right way right way and and draw them in line and, and so he has this dramatic scene where he ends up taking the getting the switchblade as from the evidence Ends up flipping yeah, it, it totally open. It doesn't work like that anymore, right? Like yeah, you, you can. He, because, like, it wasn't in a bag or anything. It, like, it, it just, it, it was just a loose switchblade knife well, with a tag on it. This, this was before, really, you did fingerprinting. Okay. And you didn't really do... But, like, back... So, in when you do... So, like, they wiped all the blood off of it when they did the blood testing? You... I mean, they don't really do blood testing then, either. Blood testing didn't really become a thing until the early mm. 70s. Okay. So um, actually, even it. late eighties. Yeah, back so then. Yeah, you could okay. because there was never really that much fingerprinting analysis oh. done. Also, an unrelated. Mm-hmm. He brought a switchblade knife into a courthouse. That's definitely illegal. Probably. So there's a. Dramatic- I couldn't bring a crochet hook in <laughs> when I went in for a couple hours of sitting in a room to possibly be on a jury. Right. You cannot bring a switchblade knife. <laughs> so there's there's a moment where you can't declare a switchblade knife. No. Okay, I mean, I guess they probably didn't have metal detectors back then. No. But he was wearing a linen suit. I'm fairly certain they would have found it fairly easily. Yeah. So, again, a dramatic moment where the the foil, juror number four, angrily slams down and literally into the wood the the knife and be like, here's the knife, here's the murder weapon, here's what he did, one of a kind. How do you prove that... How, that he didn't do this. And the guy just pulls out an exact duplicate and slams it down into the wood as well. Um, which it's is not an exact duplicate. I mean, it was in black and white, but I feel like the motifs were probably in different colors. I don't know. It looked the same. Like, I think the intent was is, is an it's exact, the exact identical same one. Um, and, and basically kind of sets up the entire spectacle from there as all of the characters get into heated arguments and systematically lose and switch sides one by one. Um, And that's really about it. Eventually it gets to the point at the end where everyone is in agreement with every point that there is reasonable doubt except for the one like the one that the the one that left over who's trying to be like a bastion of this and ends up after finally refusing just breaking down um clearly kind of dealing with his own personal trauma and agreeing not guilty uh and they leave the courtroom they walk down the stair the steps of the courthouse two of the people exchange names the only people we actually get names of, one of which is the original juror, the number eight. Number eight. And then and number nine, the first person that kind of sided with him. They share pleasantries, a walk away, and literally that's it. It is... Well, because the first one who sided with him was like an older gentleman. Right. And, and it's like... It's kind of funny, too. He's like, you you seem convinced, and you said, you put yourself out there. Because he said, like, listen, why don't we do a blind vote? 
And I'll if, abstain. I'll and abstain. If and the if, rest of you still think he's guilty. I'll just say, yeah, sure, whatever. whatever. And the old guy fucked everything up well, for like, his jury. So, okay. Because he's like, oh, well, you know what? I, you are so you put yourself out on a limb, so well, I figured to give you a chance. Okay, so Fonda putting himself out on a limb took a lot more guts than mm-hmm. the, even though the older guy did own up to it fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. When Fonda first said not guilty yeah that first vote they did a like okay show of hands who all thinks he's guilty and there were people who did not put their hands up immediately until they started counting and it was a like herd mind right i don't want to be very much like a pure pressure and fonda held out Mm -hmm. and raised his hand to say not guilty because he's like i don't i don't want to be the one yeah so so the movie the movie's very simple in plot but very effectively told. Yeah, no, um, it's, re- it's really good. And it has this really great pacing where you as a viewer have no information about anything that's going on. Like, you are learning things right in the moment. As the, as they bring up the piece of testimony or the piece of which, evidence. Which is really effective because everybody in the courtroom, gener- or not courtroom, in the jury room generally has an effective argument right yeah, i mean and so as yeah. you're listening to I, I mean aside from the prejudice guy well yeah well like, yeah. you know they're tight oh he's driving a this is just what they do this you can't blame do. them for it <laughs> but but it, so i mean and obviously it's dealing with a lot of different things in this very simple story it's dealing with about like bullies and bringing your own prejudices it's dealing without bring your own your own drama and your own personal trauma and preconceived notions, right? Like everybody kind of represents something else that's a hang up in a courtroom, mm-hmm. right? Like literally every single person represents kind of a flaw in a court system, mm-hmm. right? You got the guy who's the advertising guy and all he wants to do is just get to work. He's sick of not making money here. He just wants to wrap it up, right? All he can even talk about is the the advertising that he does. You got the old guy that looks like he's about to die. That yeah, for a cut, co- I'm like the. Ver- I'm, this is obviously mm-hmm. not true, but I feel like the first time I saw this, I was probably waiting for him to die mm-hmm. and then to have to bring in one of the alternate yep. <laughs> so and be like, "Welcome to the funhouse. So, Here's so what's going you, on." You have a person that that seems like they're, they're medis- medical. Um, needs aren't being met just being there and could therefore be pushed over or yeah. potentially harmed in the situation. You have the man whose own internal prejudices are guiding his decision, mm-hmm. not the facts. There's another person who, you know, isn't thinking the facts through enough and just taking the the um, arguments of authority that full of it, face value. Mm-hmm. You have the analytical guy who is only looking at facts as presented and not arguments, right? And, you, of course, you have several other people that kind of... There's, like, a couple others that kind of group together that I would call, like, the betas. I don't know. I they like kind of, the one who was just so excited to be there. Who was yeah. Like, I've never been on a jury before. Well, and the, the person, other one's, The person like, who's not taking it seriously, yeah, and the other one's, right? And the one next to him is like, oh, we're so lucky to have gotten a murder. Like, normally yep. you get things like breaking and entering, and it's all so boring. But this, like, it was yep. so interesting. Uh, and, and, yeah, and some of the other guys just kind of represent, like, being pushovers or yeah. being kind of herded. Um... Yeah, I mean the one who was uh, the one who was just antsy pants mm-hmm. for getting to the baseball game. Yankees were a baseball team. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, the one who was all antsy pants for getting out to that baseball where he was like, he's not, he's guilty, he's guilty, mm-hmm. he's guilty. And it, I think when it hit like the halfway mark, he was like, all right, you know what? Fine, he's not guilty. Mm-hmm. And one of the other juries who was jurors who was on the not guilty side was like, yeah, but why are you saying that now? Are you only saying it? To, to just end this, mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like he's not guilty now. Yeah, it's a, it, it's it's very effectively told. Um, at, cinematography wise, there's not a lot going there's on. There's not a lot going on, there, but there are some nice things. So it's so cool mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. So when they show you the whole room and you see everyone, like you see how clustered together they are, anytime they have those other shots of just a single person speaking or mm-hmm. just like one or two people next to each other, that was filmed mm-hmm. 
with nobody else in the room, just them. Hmm. So that when it got to the point in the night when it was raining, they had to redub the rain so that it matched for, for that each segment. of the segments. Oof. Like they did something nice too where they kind of like highlighted each person's face while they were talking really oh, subtly. Yeah, so there was a whole thing about the where the camera was. Mm-hmm. When at the point where they were each talking and you got to you were like at eye level. Yeah. It was like really humanizing them. Yeah. Like it was pulling in tight. So it was just, just that. Right. And then back out again. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah, there's good shots and there, there's a nice a nice element of like set construction of or not set construction of like it's an environmental storytelling that the environment that they're in, which is it's a exceptionally hot day it in is New York. The hottest day of the year. Right. And they have no AC. They have a single fan. And they have a fan that doesn't run mm-hmm. until it starts raining and they pull the windows down and flip the, the light for the room. Yeah. Then the fan starts running. Yep. So the fan was on one of those like circuits that's stuck on the switch. Um, but as the environment starts to increase subtly, the tenser of the debate goes so they start off pretty normal but everyone is progressively getting sweatier and a little bit more exhausted looking like the deeper into the argument goes and eventually when there's a tipping point when things get the most heated instead of it like getting hot the storm comes and there's this this massive thunderstorm that kind of is representing like the tension in the air mm-hmm. at that point right um, it's just a really nice buildup of like where you ha- don't have a lot to go on in terms of environmental storytelling. All you have is just here's a room, here's 12 fantastic actors oh, so who good. are all amazing. And again, if it sounds like I'm glowing on this, you know, spoilers, this could be really fucking high on my list. Um, but I am so amazed because I don't even like actors of this era. Yeah, I know you don't. Because I think they overact, but they don't in this. So and they're really great. Everything about this is like point for point. And I had made a comment to Jen during this that I feel like it's a shame there hasn't been a remake with like modern day fantastic actors. Yeah. Because I think the story and the acting is so compelling that if you got the right people in it again, so my question eight is, eight years later, it would still be just great. So my question is, are you saying that Kenneth Branagh is an amazing actor? Kenneth Branagh is a fantastic actor. You saying he's not? I, yeah, I like him, but he just seems so self-important. That's that's what all actors are. <laughs> Hot take: all actors are full of themselves. Oh, it's just so sad. You, you hang out with theater people all day. Uh... As an aside, yeah, this movie was nominated mm-hmm. for three Oscars. Did it win any? No. What won that year? And it lost all three of them to the same movie. It was just nineteen fifty-seven. Uh huh. What uh, came out in nineteen fifty-seven? Another one that I think is on the AFI, but not for a while. It's not Gone with the Wind, right? Nope. Casablanca is older. What is it? Bridge over River Kwai. I've never seen it. Neither have I, but I do believe it is also on the AFIs because it's another one of those ones that people are always like, oh my God, you've never seen it? We will have to see. I know nothing about it, except that I think it probably has to do with a war. So so what do you got to say about this? Um, Oh, also, because in my little trivia Mm -hmm. things, um, so only two of the drawers have names, which is like they, uh, they share names afterwards when they're walking out in the, you know... When a rainstorm ends, but the sun hasn't fully set yet, yep. it's kind of like the gloaming, and it's almost like a fresh new day, mm-hmm. and that's when they're walking away from the courthouse yep. and they exchange names, and it's great. Uh, the rest, he's also wearing all white. He's also like wearing noble. all white, yeah. Um, the rest of the jurors never get names, and they're just like defined by their professions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this, like, this might be sad. As of December 24th, 2012... All of the actors on that jury are dead. Yeah. Uh, the the last holdout, like, doesn't matter which one it was, but... Yeah. But, um, I just... I mean, some of them were old in this. Some of them were old in this. <laughs> like, not, there were not really any spry actors, I would um, say. In well, the... no, no, no. So, the, um, the one who wanted to get out to go to the baseball game, yeah. right? That actor, uh, as a 
much, much older man is uh, Uncle Sal and While You Were Sleeping, that Sandra Bullock rom-com. Uh-huh. Like, so he continued acting. Right. I mean, he was young or here. He was, he was But he was like maybe young. mid-30s, say? Maybe your early 30s? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's hard to tell at that period because people smoked so much. I feel like they aged 15 years older than they aged were. 15 years. Like, don't you always feel like... I feel so weird because, like... Because we're both, like, early 30s. And... Well, you're older. By, like, two years. You're still early 30s. A year and a half. You're still early 30s. Okay. You're not mid-30s until you're after 35. Okay. But... Like, I feel like all the people that I know, we don't necessarily look that much older than we did in 20s. Yeah. Like, we don't look... We, got, we lost our baby fat, kind of. I don't know. You still faces. get carded to buy beer. Yeah, not as often as I would like. And I, you get a few grays in the beard and I, stuff like that. I get carded at restaurants, but only because of the clothing I'm wearing. Yeah. But, like, for, for the most part, like, all the people we know, I feel like we all kind of... We don't look that dissimilar to our 20s. Yeah. Maybe not 18, like we look babies, mm-hmm. but like from like 25 to like 33, I feel like not much has visually changed and we still kind of look like kids. Like there's that meme of the the baby Yoda and real Yoda and it's like, and it's like the meme is like the um, real Yoda is like 30 year olds when looking at 18 year olds and then. And then U.S. Baby Yoda is 30-year-olds looking at real adults. And I feel like that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And But then whenever I look at these old films, and you have actors that are, like, in their same age range. They all look, like, 50. And they all look, like, grizzled yeah. and fucking full of, like, testosterone. Yeah. Well, they had built... one foot in the grave already. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, granted, all of them died of, like, you know, cancer and, like, liver and lung diseases at 50. Um so they didn't have as long, but I think it's really funny. It is it's hard to tell in a certain point that changed. I don't know what what genetically or what environmentally was different, but it's very odd mm-hmm. to me. That's a real random aside, but I feel like for the most part, I really haven't seen these actors elsewhere. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to tell you what the ones were that I was like, we're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I just want to point out because I said that it was nominated for three, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this was the only Best Picture Oscar nominee that year that was not nominated in lead acting categories or any acting category. Fuck. What is it nominated for? I don't. It doesn't. Um, when I say it doesn't say, there are ways to find out, but the IMDb trivia doesn't list it. Um, but you were asking about the ones that I said I recognized as being in. Now, so this is, when I say this is cheating, I only clicked the actors that it says were Oscar winners and Oscar nominees. By the way. I know that that's not. Best director, best picture, and best writing of an adapted screenplay. See, I told you it was easy to find. Um, so a Martin Balsam. Who was juror number one, which was the foreman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which there was a piece of trivia about the foreman where he never explains why yeah. he changed his mind or why his thoughts were he was like a completely whatever. Yeah. He's also in All the President's Men. Okay. Um, and not that guy. That was the one that I said was Uncle Saul. Someone named Lee J. Cobb, who was juror number three, okay. is in On the Waterfront, which I recognize that name as being mm-hmm. a movie I had to buy at one point while we were talking about AFI. Yeah. So it's either AFI or Criterion, but I think it's I AFI. I think it's AFI as well, yeah. Um, so those are other Oscar winners, mm-hmm. and those are just movies that are listed at the top of their IMDb as yeah. what they're known for. So it's possible the other jurors are also in other things. I don't know that for yeah. sure, though. They look like some of them look so familiar. Yeah, I mean, like Mr. Fonda. Like I think Mr. Fonda is the dad in the original Euros, Mine, and Ours. Probably, and uh, the the one guy who is the antagonist, Juror Four, looks very familiar to me. I can't quite put my finger on it, Um, but it's. The, is that the one with the octagonal glasses? No. He's the, the one with the big lips that are constantly wet. That might be Lee J. Cobb. The, yeah, it's Lee J. Cobb. Yeah. He's the one who's in On the Waterfront. Okay. And, the same guy? and The Exorcist. 
That's where I know him from. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, one, of the, he's one of the priests in there, right? He's the one that, that throws himself out the window? Uh, right. Lieutenant William Kinderman? Oh, no. Okay, he's a different guy than what I'm thinking of. But it's probably the movie I'm thinking of that I know him from. Kinderman? So, not much else to say about the film, because there's really not much to really break down. You know, it, it really is just their interactions, but their interactions are so good. Really, really good. Very compelling. Um, and even with like something like Swing Time, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. I found myself getting distracted watching and doing other things while still trying to watch. Mm-hmm. And this, I kind of shut off everything. And I just was compelled by the interactions and the build-up. And it also helped that like I haven't seen it in so long that I forgot to beat the beat. Yeah. Um, but the beat to beat is very strong in this. Um, it's really good. There's like there are times when they are silent. Yeah. But that's just like a tension thing. Yeah. Um and like no soundtrack really to think of. You know, I can't think of I like lo- the the starting music, I love that you're like this. This is the, this is This the is what they chose. Thing. Which is just like this very like weird I, I don't want to say it's like jazzy, but it's just sort of like this weird. It sounded like the beginning of like a old infomercial from the fifties, like you would find on TV Land. Yeah, you know, um, or like when it was, when it was like remember those like old fifties era, um, like after school movie. Um, I wasn't alive in the. 50s. I know, but you you were an old woman when you were like four, and you were watching TV Land. I'm assuming. Not TV Land. That wasn't a thing when I was four. Turner Classic movies. I did watch Turner Classic movies. But you know what I'm talking about? Like those old 50s after schools. Like, oh, Timmy, don't go down to the stuff. Yeah. No, I Let's talk about your body and the changes you might have. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen those. Okay. It's weird that you haven't. Except when when Riff Tracks goes through their weird shorties. Okay. Well, no. I mean, they were on, I think it was TV Land for a while. They would have one pop up time to time. But it had like that weird kind of sound where it didn't feel like tense it was kind of upbeat in a weird way or up tempo mm-hmm. um, and then there was music at the end obviously when yeah. the credit none the not credits because they didn't do credits in the end but like when they were leaving the courthouse but other than that there was like nothing i could think of well, yeah, because they didn't have music in the jury deliberation room <laughs> so no music uh but yeah there's no soundtrack to speak of really and it just was bunch of people talking um and obviously it that works with its teleplay roots of mm-hmm. being you know probably like a radio drama yeah uh and like i said like i'm I'm given to understand that this is a stage play people do i could see it i mean it might not intentionally have been a stage play originally if, if it was a teleplay it would have been like a radio drama mm-hmm. but it would be easy to just do a stage adaptation i'd imagine um really great if you're a great actor it's easy to chew on and really ham it up if you want to, um, but it's it's fantastic. I like I love it. Uh, watching it again, like it's um. So okay, I need you to tell me where it's on yours. Number one. Number one. Yeah. Number one on the list. So so here's my problem, my predicament. My current number one is Blade Runner, which is what I would argue is one of my favorite films of all time, if not my favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. It's probably my top three or four personal favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where it would lit, it would sit. I, while I would not say this is one of my favorite films of all time, this might sit higher. Because I think what it, while it doesn't, so it's just tough. Because, like, Blade Runner has this amazing score and this beautiful groundbreaking special effects that it pushes and it's immersive world building but it's acting sucks right acting harrison so good harrison ford is just a cardboard character in it but i mean for a story all about robots it works and the acting is so much better and, and, and and rucker howard has amazing moments but not, but not in a consistent performance. Yeah, no. Um, I'm I'm sticking by it. This is totally number one. Uh, I don't know. Like, I... okay. So, like, let me look at my top five here. 
So I have the sixth sense. I think this is better than the sixth sense. Yes. I think this is better than Goodfellas. Yes. I think this is better than Pulp Fiction. Yes. Again, all these other movies do other things better, but I have to divorce myself from the other things and just say, what is this trying to accomplish? Yeah. And I think this fully succeeds. I don't I don't think I can put this higher than Blade Runner, though. Okay, so... How can I argue putting something that's higher than one of my okay. top five personal favorites? Okay. If it's not one of my top five personal favorites. Because it's a better movie. Be, be the juror. Be juror okay. number nine and convince me. Okay. Not guilty. Not guilty. Okay. I don't want to use my brother Jeremy as the example, but I'm going to. Okay. So a person uh-huh. that does not, you going into it, does not have any particular... Um, affiliations or connections to sci-fi thematic yeah. worlds. Okay, sure. so we're just saying a person, a blank person, has asked you mm-hmm. to recommend one of these movies, mm-hmm. and you have no way of knowing what they like if they are particularly into. I don't know that it's, it's not really a space odyssey. Um, because that would be if you were going for Star Space Wars. Space opera. Space opera. Yeah. Like cyberpunk. The, like it's, yeah. Like yeah. They, as far as you know, they are not predisposed to right. cyberpunk. Like that's, because it's your favorite, that's a thing that predisposes you. Right. And both of them are kind of crime related dramas. Right. The, so. And these are two genre films. Yeah. Right. They are two specific. One is a legal drama. Yeah. And one is a, a science drama, science fiction okay, drama. Okay. So a person who is going to trust your opinion. Mm-hmm. And you have no way of knowing if they are predisposed to one of those genres. Yeah. And they can only rent one of these. Which one are you recommending and why? I don't know. Because here's the problem is that by your same argument of they're both are genre films, I don't know if a person is predisposed to being conditioned to being able to sit and watch a almost two-hour movie of just people... Talking. It's a really short movie in comparison to it, it, a lot of other ones. It is, but it's not. No, it is. Like how long like how long is it actually? It's a hour thirty eight, six minutes, right? That ain't hardly so, so it's it's not That's like the length of a Disney animated feature. Yeah, but like, you know, swing time actually swing time might have been longer. Swing time is definitely longer. Swing time might have been longer. Let me see. Swing time was an hour forty four. Yeah. So not 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 the longest, but it's certainly not a short film, right? Like mm-hmm. a short film like it'll be like ninety six minutes or something like yeah. that. Um what did ninety six minutes? Actually that be is the same thing. So I guess minutes. it is I guess it could be considered a short film. It's a fairly short film. It, it's definitely not Blade Runner at like two hours and fifteen minutes, yeah. right? I but I don't know if this film would be something I would recommend to everyone. Okay. Because I think you could, just as much as I am glowing about it, mm-hmm. I can imagine many people I would recommend it to that could sit down, w- watch it, and be like, that was the most boring fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but those people would probably also say that about Blade Runner. I know. So that's my pro- that's my problem. Is that, it's a boring but, but, movie. But that's what I'm saying, is that... D- d- they're both genre films, and uh-huh. you have to be predisposed to that genre to uh-huh. like it. Like, I don't think this is a universally okay. enjoyable film. My dad likes both of those genres. Assuming my dad hadn't seen either of these, which would you recommend to my dad? Twelve Angry Men. But that's based on the person. Because I think there's, I think there's more substance here. Okay. Okay. I think if, if you're a person that is more interested in character drama... But specifically, you're also interested in the philosophical and moral implications of things in the world. Okay. I think it's more interesting. So, better substance. Yes. More interesting. Yes. Better to, acting. To that, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Better interpersonal relationships. Easily. More dynamic characters. Absolutely. Okay, that's five points in 12 Angry Men's favor. Give me a point in Blade Runner's favor. Um, a cutting edge soundtrack. Cutting edge soundtrack, it sure, is, it, whatever, I'll, I'll, it, whatever. It, it is the 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 evolution of the synth wave soundtrack is 
amazing. It definitely was groundbreaking at the time. And it still holds up as one of the best components. Um, beautiful set design. You didn't you didn't think that the set design was great? No, it was utilitarian. Uh, apparently, Mr. Fonda said that the uh, the sets that they used for out the windows were mm-hmm. complete crap. Yeah, I mean they look like crap, <laughs> um, but you don't see them much. You they, don't see them much. So. Everything about the the Twelve Angry Men's set is utilitarian. It serves its purpose, but it's not. Is, but it's on point. Like yeah. the old furniture is very much so what you would have. Yeah, in I mean, a jury and, 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 and again, I'm not saying that making that statement as a knock to it. It's doing exactly what it needs to do, but it's. You can get completely immersed into the environment of Blade Runner, right? Okay, can um, you not get completely immersed into the environment of Twelve Angry it's, Men? It's not as important of a point. No, no, I'm just I'm. Can you get immersed but in the environment of Twelve Angry Men? No. Yes. It's just sort it of. It feels like you're in that room with them. Does it? Yes. Nah, it doesn't feel like. It's get right. all hot and sweaty just watching it. Nah, I, like, don't, oh. I don't. I don't get hot and sweaty watching it. All right, fine. It, it, it serves. It's all right. Fine. I'll I'll allow you to keep that point for Blade Runner, but you're still at five two. <laughs> you're still at five two um, in Twelve Angry Men's favor. That might be it. That might be the two things. Like, I'm just saying, you're at 5-2. I mean, even if you give Blade Runner an extra point just because of your nostalgia and how much you love it, if you're just like, I just, I love it, that's all. There's no reason for me to say this, I just do. 12 Iron Men still wins. Yeah, I mean, like, I I can't think of even something to get up to it because, like, like Blade Runner definitely has worse acting um, and probably less interesting characters. It has... I think I think Blade Runner has better highs than this, but that's about it in terms of performances. Like in terms of performance, I think there's a level of consistency of everyone just firing on this. Whereas Blade Runner, I feel like there are lows in terms of some performances, but there are peak moments that transcend the film that just like encapsulate a character and make like a beautiful moment. I'm still hearing that 12 Angry Men is a better film. Does it go on number one on my list, though? I mean, if you're going to say it's a better film... It might. Let's let's look at the list, see how it looks, see how it feels. 12 Angry Men is what number? Um... it, it was previous to us watching this. 87? 87. So it would be 12 Angry Men at number one, Blade Runner at two, Pulp Fiction at three, Goodfellas at four, Six Sense at five. My top five are currently 12 Angry Men, Sixth Sense, Yankee Doodle Dandy, Pulp Fiction, and Bringing Up Baby. Your Blade Runner is just outside of the top five. Well, so he, this feels really weird because I would still like, I still think Blade Runner is one of my top five favorite films of all time. But in terms of actually looking at like the hundred films for a hundred years, like what what would you consider as as important? I think Twelve Angry Men hang here in the top five longer than these other four. Yeah. It's just like, okay. like I think Blade Runner might end up being around ten for me, maybe. But I think Twelve Angry Men is going to hang in the top four for a bit, yeah. if not for a while. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think this fits. I feel this feels right. So my new top one, Twelve Angry Men. It's good. That's what it should always be. <laughs> what What do we watch next? So next movie is. Platoon. Okay. And so Charlie Sheen in that. So that's why I'm as as I IMDb real quick. Yes, if it is the one that Charlie Sheen is in, was, was he in a parody and, of it too? And I just wanna, I just wanna double check. One with the chicken. Uh, AFI. Um, that that would help. AFI number eighty six. Oh yeah, Google hates. Yeah, me. Charlie Sheen. 
Yeah, it is the 1986 one. Okay. Tom Well, yeah, no, no, it is. It is Charlie Sheen in Platoon. I just wanted to make sure that that it's not a different movie called Platoon. It also has Willem Dafoe. Ooh. I know how much you love Dafoe face. Oh yeah. Defoe, Defoe is your jam. He's, Defoe um, might be in another one of these movies, too. So he might be another one that's going to be listed. Yeah. He's uh. been in a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how many on this list he's been. Yeah, I don't know how many on this list he's been in, but I was like, I started at the top of his, and he has been in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember if this is the... This is the Vietnam film. I think so. I'm not I'm not looking anymore to find other information this, about it. This, I just wanted to see if it was This is not the famous Willem Dafoe um Vietnam movie where he plays Russian roulette like crying naked. I don't know. Um that's the Deer Hunter. Which I think might also be on AFI's top hundred list. Not a hundred percent. Oh god, am I gonna be stuck watching that movie? I mean if you want to watch Willem Dafoe naked, I can Grab a copy of no, Antichrist no, for you. No, no, no. Full penetration. No, no. And on that note, I hope this episode fully penetrated your mind and maybe a horrible person. <laughs> maybe a master segues, and maybe perhaps it uh, will give you an opportunity to watch Twelve Angry Men, which I highly recommend you watch if you like a suspense or and just characters talking. It's a great dynamic. It's um, it was really, really pleasing to experience it again, and uh, realize that it was as much as as it was great as as much as I remember it was. Defoe's not in Deer Hunter. Was he in Deer Hunter? No, it's Christopher Walken at the end of the Deer Hunter. It's Christopher Walken. Maybe maybe it was Willem Dafoe. Maybe it's Christopher Walken naked. Well, I don't know who's naked, <laughs> but I do. Was in Deer Hunter. No, and I know this because of Paul and Storm's song lyrics. So anyway, next week, Platoon with Charlie Sheen before Tiger Blood, uh-huh. uh, Willem Dafoe before everyone saw his genitalia. Maybe current currently, I don't know. And Tom Berenger, who I know who he is, maybe. Yeah, he's been a thing. <laughs> He's a guy. He looks like a dude. No, I I know who he is as like an older man. He's got like white hair in Inception. Yeah. Right. That's that is Barringer. Uh, uh, yeah, he plays the chief of security. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, that that's gonna be a different tone. Oh, a young soldier. In, uh, I was going to read the blurb <laughs> nope. once. Anyways, blurb, guys, thanks for joining us. We're going to get out of here and we're going to watch that movie next. So we'll uh, see you next time. Peace. Not literally. I mean, you know, not literally. <laughs> <laughs>